Welcome to From the Beginning, a podcast for kids to see how God has loved them from the very beginning and given us his word so we can know how we should live for God, love others, follow Christ, and make a lasting difference in the world. I'm your host, Seth York, and let's start where all good stories start, from the beginning. Hey guys, I have two very special guests with me. I have my daughter, Stella, who you met last week. Say hey. And my son, Herschel, who you haven't met yet. Say, hey, Hersh. Hey. How old are you, Herschel? Seven years old. Very good. And you're a very cool seven-year-old. And I know nobody can see you right now out there, but if they could, well, really, if they were here, they still wouldn't be able to see you. You're in all camo right now. Why did you choose that today? Because I like the outdoors. Very good. Yeah, you do. Like You spend a lot of time outdoors, don't you? Yes. Very good. What's your favorite thing to do outside? Hmm, probably play in the pool or hike in the woods. Very cool. Very good. All right, guys, I have a question for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Let's do this. All right, I'll start with you, Herschel. Okay. What is the worst fall that you've ever had? Whenever I was riding down a hill on a scooter, I jumped like a foot in the air and went sliding across the road, and ha- and probably half my leg was just a giant scrape. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Your mom and I were running, and you were up ahead on your scooter, right? Oh, yeah, I remember this. I had forgotten about this, Herschel. This wasn't that long ago. Okay, so me and mom are running. And you and Stella were on your scooters, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Scooting down the road. Stella did a jump, right, on her scooter. What yeah. did you think when you saw Stella jump? That was cool. I'm going to try it. <laughs> so I just did it. And so I just trip, tripped off my scooter went across the road, too. But I went way farther and just right across the road. And I hurt my legs really bad. So, mom and dad said, do you want to go home? So, I said, yes, I want to go home. So, I was at home just sitting there on the couch. <laughs> I went and got the iPad, texting mom and dad, saying, right. s- said, mommy, daddy. And then I just did a cry face emoji. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and yeah, I so spelled it in uppercase words. Why did you choose uppercase? Because does that imply screaming to you? Do you yeah, you understand? Like, Yeah, okay. it's like it hurts. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right, Stella. Can you think of the worst fall that you've ever had? Probably when I fell off my or in my skates. Yeah. Did it hurt really bad? Yes. So the other day you said you fell on your skates, landed right on your butt. I did. That also hurt so bad. <laughs> I came in because I could not skate. It hurt so bad. Yeah. You have to take a break, huh? I have a follow-up question. What's almost always true about a fall? It hurts. It hurts? And uh, do you typically do it on purpose? No. 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 Yeah. That would be crazy, Herschel. You were, like when you were on your scooter and you were blazing down the hill and you tried that jump, you didn't think, I'm probably going to fall, right? You thought, I'm probably going to land this and it's going to be awesome, right? So it was accidental. You fall. And it's an accident, right? Yeah. And so when we think of fall, a lot of times we think of just like you're not really, you're an active participant, but 
you didn't start this thing. You didn't want this thing. It just kind of happens to you. Is that right? Yes. In today's story, it's historically called and understood as the fall. And it is that, but it's also so much more than that. It was also a great rebellion. And this word rebellion simply means just an open and intentional, purposeful effort to go against something that somebody else has said. It is much more intentional than a fall. And yes, what happened that day was that humanity fell. There was a falling, just like Herschel on the scooter or Stella on her skates. They fell, and it hurt, and it had consequences. But on another level, it is a lot more intentional than just some accidental thing that took place. There is intentionality. And it was true for them then in this story, and it's true for us every day. We don't just fall. A lot of times we make a conscious decision to rebel, to go against what God has said, what he has given us to do. So let's look at the first and great rebellion. Adam and Eve had a delightful home. They got to share the most amazing garden designed by the greatest agricultural architect of all time. It might be hard for us to imagine how ideal this garden would have been. I hear the word garden and sometimes I think about pulling weeds, slapping bugs off my arms, having to stay hydrated, sweat dripping into my eyes. Or if it's the woods, I'm thinking about poison ivy and mosquitoes and chickers and thorns scratching my legs and snagging my clothes. But this wouldn't have been the picture in God's perfect garden. Everything God made was good. And there would not have been any of those things that hurt and itch and aggravate. It was absolutely perfect. The weather was so perfect, they didn't even have to wear clothes. Now, that might sound silly to you and me today, and that maybe sounds like a shameful idea, but that's just because of what happens later in the story. When Adam and Eve were naked, it wouldn't have been embarrassing because there was no shame, there was no bad feelings, there was complete trust. Everything was just as God had created it. Beyond the perfect weather and the perfect garden was the perfect creator, God himself. Adam and Eve, they had no sin, so they got to see God as he really is. There was nothing that was keeping them from beholding God. They could walk and talk with him. Have you ever seen an amazing painting or a really cool car and maybe thought about how cool it would be to discuss that piece of art or creation with its creator? Well, imagine walking with the creator of the universe. What would you ask him? What would you ask the guy that made this world? Well, if you were Adam and you just finished naming all the animals, maybe you'd want to ask God, how did you come up with the idea for the trunk on the elephant? Or maybe, God, what was your motivation behind the duck-billed platypus? It looks like a bunch of different animals like sewn together. 
Well, whatever they asked him and whatever you think you would ask him, Adam and Eve, they walked with God. Everything was absolutely perfect. Until it wasn't. You see, God gave Adam and Eve a command. There was a single tree in the garden, and Adam and Eve were told not to eat from that tree. They could have literally anything and everything else. But that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as it was named, they were never to eat of its fruit. They were told not even to touch it. God said, if you eat of this fruit, you will certainly die. God knew what would happen if they ate of that tree. He knew what they would experience and what we experience today because of this knowledge of good and evil. You see, then they only knew good. Remember when God created the world, everything he said, everything he made, he finished with, and it was good. And we think about this garden I want us to think about how good it was. But they didn't know evil. There would be death and destruction. There would be times when people would doubt God and think they know better than God and think that he doesn't want what's best for our lives. So he gave simple instruction to Adam and Eve. Don't eat of that one tree. Well, God had then and still has today, a horrible enemy. God's great enemy is Satan. Satan had once been an angel, a beautiful angel, but he was not satisfied with his life as an angel. He wanted to be God. He grew full of pride and full of hate, and he became evil. So God threw him out of heaven. From that moment on, Satan would always look for opportunities to try and stop God's plan as God made himself close to his people. Satan's work is always to separate people from God, just like he was separated from God when he was cast out of heaven. So, this Satan, filled with hate, bitterness, shame, frustration, and loathe for God, entered into a snake, clothed himself as a snake and headed for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve would have been likely strolling around through the garden, enjoying each other's company, listening to the birds and the wind through the trees, when along comes up the sneaky serpent. You see, at this point, Adam and Eve didn't even know what this word evil meant. They wouldn't have known what all it entailed, except that it was a word in the name of this tree from which they should not eat. And here comes Satan disguised as what the Bible calls the trickiest of all creatures, and he slinks his way to Eve. And like most of Satan's lies, he tells a little bit of truth. Satan says, did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? And Eve responds, well, we can eat any tree we would like except the tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we shouldn't even touch it because God says if we do, then we'll die. 
To which Satan responds, surely you won't die. What will actually happen is that your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God and you'll know good and evil. And Eve looked at the fruit and it looked so tasty and delicious. And the more she looked at it, the better it looked. I don't know about you, but I've had that experience. The more I looked at something that I knew I shouldn't do, the more I wanted it. And Eve thought about this fruit. And the more she thought, the more she wanted it. And Eve reached out, thinking of the words of God mixed with the words of Satan. Surely I won't die if I touch the fruit. God loves us, doesn't he? He wouldn't do something so big for something so little as this. And as Eve began to question God's love for us, that question buried itself in Eve's heart like a poison. She reached out, then she touched the fruit, and nothing happened. And Adam said nothing. And she gripped the fruit with her fingers and snapped it from the branch. And Adam still said nothing. And she bit into the fruit and tasted and jumped headfirst into disobedience with God. And Adam, he grabbed the fruit and tasted it too. And the serpent in the tree watched as the world began to change forever. The peace and perfection of the garden was immediately gone and destroyed. Adam and Eve wanted to be like God, but in this moment, as they learned about evil, ignoring the promises and commands of God, they actually became like the devil. Evil enemies of God. They knew what evil was now, and they began to see it in themselves. And immediately, they felt exposed, afraid, open to attack. And so they went into hiding. Typically, Adam and Eve would have been delighted to hear the voice of God. They would have gone running to meet him and speak with him and talk with him about their day. But this was a different day. As God walked through the garden on this day, he didn't see Adam and Eve. He called for them. Where are you? He asked. We're hiding because we're afraid of you, Adam replied. God asked Adam if they had done what he commanded them not to do. And you know what? You know what Adam did? He blamed Eve. He said, this woman you gave me, she gave me this fruit. So God looks to Eve and he says, is this true? And she says, well, this serpent came up and he said that I should do this. Have you ever been asked about something that you've done and you wanted to make it somebody else's fault? That's what Adam and Eve did. And they broke God's rule. But not just that. They broke God's heart. The God that had given them a perfect garden, perfect mates in each other, 
and life and himself. They thought he was keeping something good from them. And they disobeyed God's law and they tried to cover it up. Now, we don't have time to talk about all the effects of sin. The theology of sin is a big topic. And we will see the effect of it all throughout the Bible. But this is what we need to know here. It changed everything. And it entered into everything. And even in its smallest doses, sin contaminates completely. There's a book I really like called Theology. And in this book, it describes sin like this. Imagine on a hot summer day, you go inside and you fix yourself a nice tall glass of water. And you go back outside to drink the water. And just as you're about to take a sip, a little bird lands on the edge of your glass. And you think, oh, how nice. And then the bird pees a little bit into your glass. Would you still drink that water? It's just a very small amount of bird urine, right? No, you wouldn't drink that water. All of it is contaminated. Even with just that little bit of bird pee, your entire glass of water is contaminated. And when sin entered into the world, it contaminated the entire thing. And as a consequence for Adam and Eve's sin, Adam would now have to work very hard to get food from the ground. Eve would have to work much harder and experience a lot more pain as she had children. Animals were now afraid of them, and they were kicked out of the garden, and an angel with a flaming sword was set to guard the entrance to the garden. And they would begin to die. God's judgment was sad and hard. But God still gave Adam and Eve hope. God cursed that serpent, but at the end, he gave a promise. He promised that one day, the far-off son of Adam and Eve would fight the serpent, and in the end, crush his head, defeating that snake. Each son born from that day would give them hope that one day, he would defeat Satan forever. And just before Adam and Eve were banished from the garden, God made them some clothes. Now, remember, when they sinned, they were ashamed of being naked, so they went to hide. God killed an animal and used its skin to cover their nakedness. Now, this might be the best part of the story because it's a picture of what God did for us in that far-off son that is defeating Satan. Just like that animal was killed to cover Adam and Eve, Jesus was killed so that through his death, he could cover our sins. We get to wear the righteousness, the goodness of Christ himself so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see the wrong things we've done. He sees the perfect life of his son. Creation did fall that day because of the rebellion against God from Adam and Eve. But you and I are guilty of all the same sins. We thought we knew better. We've doubted God's love. We wanted to put ourselves in God's position. But God has given us hope that our sins can be exchanged for the very perfection of Christ. This was a great rebellion, but there's an even greater hope.
There are a few things I want to make sure you take away from today's story. If we look back on what we just heard, what we talked about, one thing we can see is that Satan wants for you what he got for himself. He was separated from God and he worked to kill Adam and Eve so that they were separated from God and all of Satan's work in your life will be to keep you away, separated from God. If you have a relationship with Christ, he will try and isolate you. If you don't have a relationship with God, he's gonna want to put doubts in your mind. He's gonna wanna put situations in your life that will keep you from experience what God has for you. He tricked Adam and Eve into thinking God was keeping something from them. And just like when Satan sinned, he was cast out of heaven, Adam and Eve sinned, and they were cast out of the garden. We were born in sin, and Satan is trying to keep us from God. But God made a way for us to have a relationship with him and to get us back to the garden with him. But we need to learn to trust God and learn to see Satan's lies. We sin every day, and it is a rebellion against God, and it has and does affect every aspect of our lives. It isn't just a little thing that we do, right? Because maybe we look at what Adam and Eve did, and we think all she did was take a bite of fruit. But no, what was at play there was far deeper than just taking a bite of fruit. It was rebellion. And the sooner that we get a grasp of the depth of our sin, and that it is more than just telling a lie or being selfish, but it is us rejecting the word and the rule that God has given us, and it's trying to put us in God's place, the sooner that we understand this, the greater our confessions will be, the greater our relationship with Christ will be, the greater our appreciation for what he accomplished on our behalf in the cross in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus will be, this could be a transformational truth for us when we begin to see that it isn't just a little thing that we did. It is what is at the heart of that stuff. It isn't that Eve just took a bite of this fruit. It's that she wanted to be like God. And all of us are trying to put ourselves in God's place in our lives. But God has made a way. God has made a plan to help compensate for that for us. The next thing I would want you to see, and this will be one of the most important truths and a takeaway for a lot of the stories of the Bible, and it's that God wants you to wear the righteousness of Christ. When Adam and Eve sinned, they needed coverings. And God made a way to cover up their nakedness so that what they were ashamed of didn't have to be seen. And God has made a way for us to be able to wear his righteousness as well. Through Christ, through associating with what Jesus did on the cross. When we get to heaven, if God was to say to us, why should I let you into heaven? We wouldn't be able to say, well, it's because I did all these good things, or it's because I am a good person, or I or I didn't do these things, or I've collected all of this stuff, or the good outweighs the bad. No, none of that would be okay. A little bit of sin contaminates the whole thing, and that's true for our lives as well. But if when we get to heaven, God says, why should I let you in to heaven? We say, it's nothing that I've done. 
but I'm wearing the righteousness of Christ. And when you look at me, you can see Jesus covering my sin. All right. Hey, Stella, how are you? Good. Good deal. All right. So a few days ago, Stella, you and I were talking about the fall, the great rebellion. And I asked you, how is it that we are held accountable for what Adam did so long ago? What was your answer? I said, well, God has to pay for something he didn't do. That's right. So when Jesus, when Jesus was crucified... It wasn't for wrong that he had done. It was for the wrongs that we had done, right? Yeah. So that's a good answer. When when I was a kid, that was probably my big question was, if Adam was the one who sinned, why do we face the consequences for Adam's sin? But in reality, we don't face consequences for Adam's sin. We face the consequences for our sin. Yeah. Right? And we can't be bitter at Adam and expect not to associate with him, but then look to Jesus and want to associate with what he has done. Yeah. Right? So, yes, we are. When when Adam sinned, he broke the system. Right? Sin was introduced into the world. It changed the garden. They were kicked out of there. They Death was introduced. But you and I... Every day, really, we do our own rebellions. We sin on our own, right? And we are held accountable to the sin that we do yeah. in a world that's broken because of the sin that Adam did. Yeah. Makes sense? Yes. Very good. And per usual, we like to end every episode with a joke. Stella, do you have a joke for us today? Yes. Yeah, this one is from our cousin Henry. Yes. Right. Henry knows more jokes than any adult that I know. Yeah. That's right. He knows lots of jokes. All right. So let's hear this one, Stella. All right. Um, One day, a bear walked into a restaurant and the waiter came to him and said, what would you like to What would you like to eat? And the bear said, um, a grilled cheese. And the waiter said, what's with the paws? And the bear said, um, <laughs> hold on. And oh, the, you were, the, <laughs> you were so close. close. And the bear said, what? I'm a bear. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, if it's uh, funny, you'll get all the credit. If it's not funny, then everybody will blame Henry. Henry, your delivery on the joke is really good, so I'm sorry if we messed up your joke. All right, guys, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of From the Beginning. I'm your host, Seth York, and I hope you have had an awesome day and a great time listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. Remember, God made you, He loves you, and He has made a way for us to have a relationship with Him. If you ever want more information on what it means to have a relationship with Christ, talk to your mom, dad, someone at your church, or get an adult and shoot us a message at FTB, that's from the beginning, that's what that stands for, FTB Podcast at iCloud.com. And we would love to connect you with someone 
who can help you know more about what next steps might look like for you in your walk with Christ. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on From the Beginning.